Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I'm your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, I am going to be breaking down the most bettable teams in the NFC. And what do I mean when I say bettable? Uh, That is a complex question that I will dig into on the other side of our intro, but just know that I am going to be talking about why some of the teams in the NFC are more fun to bet on uh, and which teams are less fun to bet on and why. So without further ado, let's jump in. So welcome to our most bettable NFC team rankings for the 2022 NFL season. So what am I talking about when I say bettable? This is sort of a formula that I came up with. I put together some things that I think really make a team fun or miserable to bet on. So first and foremost in this formula comes coaching. And why is coaching important? Everyone sort of knows intuitively that coaching is integral to how these games go. I've talked a lot about it on this show, but I had a specific criteria in measuring how bettable some of these NFC teams are. So first, I wanted to assess a coach's clock management skills. How are they in high leverage situations? Are they going forward on fourth down? Are they managing the clock in a way that I think is conducive to success? Are they one of those teams that is kind of trying to run out the ball from the first quarter onward? Uh, Next, I was looking at, do their players actually play hard for them? And this seems, okay, it's a professional football league. These guys should always play hard. But we know that's not always the case. The fact of the matter is that some coaches are better at getting guys to buy in. Think of guys like Dan Campbell. Think of guys like Pete Carroll. These are guys who, even when their teams are not amazing, their guys are always playing hard. They're always getting late season upsets. Dan Campbell impressed the hell out of me and a lot of other people last year with how hard he kept that Lions team playing, even after they were out of contention. Third, do his teams tend to demonstrate mental midget tendencies? And what do I mean by mental midget tendencies? Cliff Kingsbury, that's all you, my guy. That is the Cliff Kingsbury special. These are teams that are front runners in a way. These are teams that collapse down the stretch that may look amazing when they get out to a hot start, but they tend to implode when things are not going their way. Next up, I mentioned this already, but how are these coaches managing big situations? And what do I mean by big situations? Fourth down, fourth and short, two-point conversions. Are these coaches who are really excelling in these situations, are these guys who I trust not to do some idiotic move that will leave me cursing their name for a week afterwards? And finally, how likely are these coaches to do weird shit personnel-wise? And when I say weird shit personnel-wise, I mean coaches who are liable to bench a good running back just because he has a fumble, uh, who's liable to bench a receiver to do sort of strange things in the defensive end, take guys off the field because he's riding a hot hand who's clearly inferior to one of his other skill position players. And that's sort of what I'm looking at in judging the bettability of an NFL coach here. Next up in our bettability assessment in our rubric here is the quarterback. And the quarterback is second here for a reason. He is the most important position in the NFL in football. And when it comes to betting on NFL teams, quarterback is incredibly important in part because you don't want to be miserable watching a terrible quarterback. Anyone who's bet on some of these bad, bad quarterbacks over the last several years will tell you that betting on bad quarterbacks is not always fun. So I'll dig into this a little more when we get into our actual rankings, but I was shocked to see just how untrustworthy I find a lot of the quarterbacks in the NFC. And it was sort of juxtaposed with how untrustworthy I find a lot of these NFC coaches as well. So our third criteria in our bet ability rankings is, is this team going to be fun? 
And I want to bet on teams that are going to be fun to watch. I don't want to bet on plotting offenses that are running the ball a million times a game or just not doing anything really innovative or fun on offense or defense. There are plenty of bad offensive teams over the years that have been relatively fun to watch just because they have maybe a turnover prone defense. Think of that Steelers team from a few years ago with Duck Hodges. That team was pathetic on offense, but their defense was so phenomenally electric that they really were a fun watch week to week. Now, finally, the most important criteria, in my mind at least, is I'm looking for teams that are the least likely to make me feel terrible about myself for betting on them. So here's the thing. Betting is in part a mental thing. You have to get over some mental barriers you may have around teams or coaches. And I I don't want to always become emotional when thinking about how to bet on some of these teams. But it's a real thing that there are certain teams that will make you just feel like shit if you lose for betting on them. You'll you'll just curse yourself for trusting in Matt Patricia, for trusting in Sam Darnold. I know a lot of people felt that way after the Panthers' hot start last year. So let's finally dig into it. Let's get into our rankings. First up, number 16 in our NFC bettability rankings, the Carolina Panthers. So I think a lot of people are going to be with me here. The Carolina Panthers are last because Matt Patricia is a lame duck coach. I'm not exactly sure why they kept him. And also Sam Darnold is one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the NFL. We've seen everything we need to to know about Sam Darnold at this point. He is who he is. I don't see him suddenly improving in year five or six or whatever this is and becoming a real tangible, decent NFL quarterback. He's turnover prone. He's going to fumble the ball. He's going to throw terrible interceptions. Listen, if you're looking to experience pain every Saturday or Sunday, there are easier ways. Go to the dentist every week, but do not bet on the Carolina Panthers. Please, I'm telling you, because you will feel bad about yourself afterwards for thinking that Sam Darnold and Matt Patricia can get the job done. Listen, this team may win games, but it doesn't matter. You're never going to feel comfortable. You're never going to feel good winning with this Panthers team. They drafted Matt Corral from Ole Miss. He could bring some energy there. He could be the the factor that lifts this team above where I have them right now in the rankings. And listen, I want to give sort of a best case scenario and a worst case scenario for each of these teams as I'm going through these rankings. First up, best case scenario, Corral comes in. He's electric. He elevates his team offensively and Christian McCaffrey comes back and is the superstar running back we've come to know and love him as. And listen, if those two things happen, this could be a fun team week to week. But those are two big ifs in my mind. I'm not trusting in a rookie quarterback who I think a lot of NFL teams didn't have all that high on their draft board. There's a reason he fell out of the first round. And Christian McCaffrey is such a big question mark at this point. How can I possibly rely on him in good faith? And listen, I don't know how it could get worse for the Panthers in terms of rankings, but the worst case scenario is essentially that Patricia is, in fact, a lame duck coach. He gets fired week three or four, and the Panthers are left puttering around with Sam Darnold and a just dreary situation where they're going nowhere and they know they're going to have to rebuild next year anyways. Okay, let's move on next to number 15 in the bet ability rankings, the Chicago Bears, coached by first year head coach Matt Eberfelis and quarterbacked by Justin Fields, second year quarterback from Ohio State. Uh, Justin Fields was a disappointment last year for a lot of people. He looked incredibly raw. He took an unfathomable amount of sacks. But for those of us who were really paying attention, we also saw some of those flash plays, some of those flashes of athleticism that led the Bears to take him where they took him to trade first round picks to get him in the first round last year. And Aberfalis is a defensive-minded head coach who's coming over from the Colts after leading a 
heavily turnover-focused 4-3 defensive scheme with the uh, Colts, and he brings that scheme into Chicago and hopes to turn around that franchise after years sort of spent in mediocrity um, with, with their former head coach. So in terms of bettability this year, the reason why I have the Bears ranked so low is that I don't really trust Justin Fields. I didn't trust him as a prospect, and although he shows some flashes, I'm not sure that they did enough Uh, in terms of roster construction, to put Justin Fields in a positive situation this year. When you have a young, raw quarterback, you want to put skilled position players, offensive line talent around them so that they can at least feel comfortable and you can get a fair assessment of who these players are. The Bears lost a lot of talent on the offensive line this year. They lost a lot of defensive talent as well. Khalil Mack traded to the Chargers. This is a team that is in full rebuild, which is not really where you want to be essentially only have Darnell Mooney at receiver at this point. It's it's not a particularly talented wide receiver room. For as good as Justin Fields may be, for, for a lot of what his apologists think he may be, I just don't trust Fields. And that is the reason why they're ranked this low this year. He's very turnover prone. He seems very raw to me. And I don't know that they're going to be able to crank out a lot of wins this year. Next up, number 14, the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll, head coach, trade away their longtime quarterback in Russell Wilson. Drew Locke, former quarterback of the Broncos, takes over. And listen, if you've watched Drew Locke over the last several years, you know why I have the Seahawks ranked this low. Drew Locke is terrible. I don't want to hear about how the Seahawks think he's actually pretty good. I don't want to hear about how there's a lot of believers in that building, because maybe there are. But that just sort of emphasizes to me what Pete Carroll and that coaching staff have been saying for a few years now. They don't value the quarterback position as much as a lot of other teams do. They think this is more of a cultural thing uh, in terms of winning and, and building a Super Bowl culture. They think that they can put pieces around a quarterback that don't necessitate the superstar quarterback running the franchise situation that appears to be where that disconnect was between the, the Seahawks franchise and Russell Wilson. So I have the Seahawks ranked really low here. And admittedly, Pete Carroll is going to have these guys playing hard. I would not be shocked at all if they beat the Broncos week one. But over the course of the season, and especially what I've seen from that Seahawks offense over the last two years, with Russell Wilson, who is undeniably one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL, I'm not too keen on betting on that offense without Russell Wilson. Because let me tell you, that offense with Russell Wilson at the end of last year was one of the most miserable offenses to watch in the entire NFL. They were entirely too invested in the run game. They wanted these deep shots that just never really converted. It was a lot of ugly deep shots to DK Metcalf. And I expect a lot more of that this year, to be honest with you. I expect a lot of play action, a lot of slow, low-scoring games in which we see Drew Locke forcing the ball to DK Metcalf. I think Metcalf is going to get a ton of volume and actually be a really fun player to bet on week to week. But I do not trust the Seahawks. And any game that I may be betting on them, I would be miserable the whole time. I know that from last year. I know that from this year. And I will not be touching them with a 10-foot pole this year. Next up. Number 13, the Washington Commanders in their first inaugural season, led by Riverboat Ron Rivera, head coach and new quarterback Carson Wentz. And listen, there's a reason this team is ranked low as well. And part of that is that I just don't believe in Carson Wentz anymore. I actually think Carson Wentz is getting something of a bad rap for his performance last year. He largely performed pretty well, with the exception of some absolutely pathetically bad turnovers throughout the course of the year and that absolute no-show in the last week of the season. But I think it's unfair what's gone on this this offseason in terms of laying a lot of the blame for that choke job by the Colts in Week 18 at Wentz's feet. 
The defense for the Colts really had a lot to blame for how that team performed and how they really couldn't get a stop against a Trevor Lawrence-led Jaguars team that basically couldn't put together a drive for the first 15 weeks of the season. All of a sudden, they're scoring every other drive. They're really moving the ball. So listen, while I do think that Wentz got a bad rap in Indianapolis, the fact that that team was so willing and eager to move on from this guy is beyond a red flag for me. It seems to me that Wentz is just not really a guy in the locker room who's a leader of men, who really is a cultural guy, who is going to lead a team to consistent wins, to consistent contendership. And while I do love Ron Rivera, I think he is a the ultimate gamesman, good culture-setting guy. There's a reason they brought him into Washington. I just don't buy this team this year. I think they'll likely be better than what people are giving them credit for. However, I'm of the mind that they're still going to be an, a very stressful team to gamble on this year. Because anyone who's watched Carson Wentz over the last couple of years has seen just how much Carson Wentz can giveth and taketh away. While I'm leaving the door open, though, for Carson Wentz to rope me back in, because over the course of time, I think that now people are fading him, myself included. If Carson Wentz comes out in the first four weeks and is really putting up consistent games, don't be surprised to hear me come on this podcast and say, guys, I think I'm back in on Wentz. I want to bet on this guy because the world has written him off and there could be an opportunity to cash in on him down the line. 12, the Atlanta Falcons led by second-year head coach Arthur Smith uh, and quarterback Marcus Mariota. They brought in the Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter to compete with Mariota this year. And listen, the Falcons are a strange team because they were actually better than people gave them credit for last year. But if you look at what they've done this offseason, shipping Matt Ryan out of town, uh, bringing in Mariota as a sort of stopgap quarterback, and bringing in Desmond Ritter now to compete for that starting job, This is still a roster that to me looks bereft of talent across the board. I was really excited about their their first round pick with Drake London. I think he's going to pair well with Kyle Pitts. There is a world in which this team is a lot of fun on offense with either Mariota having some sort of career revival or more likely in my mind, Desmond Ritter coming off the bench and, and leading this team on a hot streak as the season progresses. The thing here isn't that I don't trust Arthur Smith, because to me, he sort of overachieved with a gross roster last year. But what I don't love about this team is really it feels like a team roster construction wise that is attempting to bottom out. I don't like to bet on these teams a lot of times, at least early in the season, because a lot of times the the general manager seems to have made a decision about where this team is at roster wise, and that has guided how the team's been put together. So Early in season, a lot of these rosters that are really gross to look at on paper tend to get smoked, and we very often overestimate how terrible they will be. We saw that with the Dolphins a few years ago. We're seeing that again, I think, with with this Falcons team. I think by the end of the season, by midseason, the Falcons will not be an easy out. They'll be a team that's covering a lot of backdoor covers, uh, but at least for the early season, they are not touchable to me. I, I don't want anything to do with this team. So let's move into a new sort of area here with the New York Giants. The New York Giants, to me, are in a zone of their own, I would say. They're gross, but have a lot of potential. And why do they have a lot of potential? Because they have Brian Dable. And Brian Dable is, in my mind, one of the funner head coaches in the league. I love what he did with Josh Allen. I think he's received a lot of his flowers for for what he did with Josh Allen in terms of turning him into one of, if not the best quarterback in the league, despite coming in as an incredibly raw prospect. 
And now Dable takes over and has Daniel Jones. He has a backup quarterback in Tyrod Taylor, who was actually quite good last year before getting hurt for the Texans. Listen, again, this is a roster that is in a lot of trouble with how they put together their defense and offense. Talent-wise, they spent a lot of money on guys like Kenny Galladay last year, and they have not seen a return on that investment to date. And the worst part is they weren't in a financial position this offseason to amend a lot of the mistakes of last offseason. The money they, they signed players to last year, they were giving out deals like a team that was competing in the now. And as we all know, they were not competing last year. I don't believe they'll be competing this year as well. So here is another team I believe from a roster construction standpoint is going to be pretty bad to start the season. They're going to have some ugly games, but I believe that by the end of the season, they'll be competing in a way that will allow you to feel okay about betting on them, even if you're not entirely comfortable. Because listen, anyone who's betting on Daniel Jones with any sort of confidence at this stage is a maniac. You you have nerves of steel as far as I'm concerned. Don't be surprised if by season's end, this is a team that's covering relatively frequently because I think people are going to start to fade them after they see just how pathetically inept uh, this, this team may start the season. Moving on, let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals. This is what I would call the fool's gold section of my rankings. I think the Arizona Cardinals are the ultimate fool's gold team. They look at this roster. People look and they see, wow, oh my God, Kyler Murray, he's so fast and short and good. And listen, he's all those things. He's short, fast, and good. But also, he can't stay healthy. He falls apart every season, midway through the season. Cliff Kingsbury, for all his spread offense, his forward thinking, brainiac ship, the guy cannot put together a second half of the season to save his life. This is something that's come up in college, it's come up in the NFL. We saw them get absolutely embarrassed in the NFL playoffs last year. At this point, to me, Kingsbury is who Kingsbury is. I'd love to see him disprove that uh, and show me that he's a guy who can really adjust as the season progresses. Because from my perspective, this guy's entire NFL tenure has been him coming out of the gates hot, him and Kyler together coming out hot. Uh, Kyler has been the September MVP for like two or three years in a row now. Every time NFL defenses are too good, they're too smart, they catch on to what you're doing. And to me, at least, Kingsbury has shown a complete inability to adjust. And perhaps I'm actually being too critical of Kingsbury. Because if you look at how Kyler ended the season and how Kyler is entering the season, I have a lot of question marks about Kyler Murray as a leader, as a guy who I can trust down the stretch of games to convert high leverage third downs, to convert drives, and to stay on the field more than anything. This is a guy who seems to mentally check out. Uh, his body language is horrible, pathetic. Watch any interview with this guy, and you will not walk away thinking that he has any sort of Mamba mentality, that he's any sort of Tom Brady acolyte. This is a guy who he seems to come from, not to sound like an old man, the generation where if you're not getting what you want, you're kind of checking out. And I think that will infect this team. And this is a team that I will be fading this year. They're playing a first place schedule. They have a lot of question marks to me. I will not feel good about betting on this Cardinals team, especially I think they're going to follow an opposite trajectory of a lot of the teams we've already talked about in terms of they may start out hot again. And don't be surprised if once again, they fade at season's end and you're left holding the bag as you increase your unit bets on a lot of their late season games. So don't do it. Avoid the fool's gold bets. Moving on, the Dallas Cowboys. The Cowboys are the Cowboys. They're America's team. Everyone always wants to bet on them. That's why they're in my fool's gold section here. Because listen, we have another 
lame duck coach right here. Mike McCarthy, we all have heard about the Sean Payton connection. Sean Payton may be being groomed to be that next head coach, potentially taking over as soon as after this season. McCarthy, he was a bit of a Fugazi analytics guy. He came into this job with the Cowboys saying, all I did was I got a pro football focus membership uh, in my time off. And he basically threw all that out the window uh, as soon as he got there. I think McCarthy has been largely held up uh, over the last year by two incredibly good coordinators in both um, Kellen Moore and Dan Quinn, the former Falcons head coach and defense coordinator who really did a lot to prop up a defense last year that ended up being the major reason people thought of them as a competitor. The other thing with the Cowboys is I just don't trust Dak. I think that the time of Dak showing himself to be a top five superstar quarterback has passed at this point. Dak is a unique case because he's demonstrated, he's sort of gone above and beyond what was expected of him early in his career. And I think that largely led to many people, myself included, overrating him as a talent. I think at this point, Dak is a better version of what Russell Wilson is right now. I think he's not quite a superstar, can get you to the NFC title game under any circumstances kind of guy, especially after what he did in the second half of last year. I mean, it was it was pretty bad for him as well. He's, he seemed to fall apart. And for me, this is another guy who I'm not really ever going to feel super comfortable betting on. There will be weeks where I'm looking to cash in on Dak and the Cowboys. They're going to take care of business. There's no, not a doubt in my mind. In particular, the reason why I'm ranking them that way is because the defensive talent they have is astronomical. They have the former defensive rookie of the year. They have a defensive coordinator who really got the most out of that group last year. And they're going to steal some games. They're going to beat up on some inferior opponents. But over the course of the year, I think they're going to be largely overrated. And they're going to be a team that you're not going to feel great betting on as the season progresses. Next up, I have the Kyle Shanahan-led San Francisco 49ers. And why are the Niners in my fool's gold section? They just got the NFC title game. They just nearly beat the Los Angeles Rams, their division rivals. They they had them on the ropes. Well, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be gone. He's he's not going to be there. I don't know where he will end up ultimately, but they're bringing in a, for all intents and purposes, a rookie starting quarterback here, Trey Lance. And while I actually am higher on Trey Lance than I think a lot of people are, I think that there's going to be a lot of struggles here early on. Don't be surprised here again if Trey Lance ends up being one of the funner quarterbacks to bet on this year because the physical gifts are there. He's a player who, best case scenario, this is an extremely fun offense. Trey Lance is the missing piece in the Kyle Shanahan formula. And all of a sudden, this team is just electric to watch every week. But the more likely scenario, I think, is that Kyle Shanahan, who, although he's been crowned by many as this sort of messianic, NFL offensive coordinator who's really just an offensive genius. The other parts of being a head coach, I think he really lacks. And by that, I mean, in terms of roster management, game management, he really just makes some boneheaded decisions at the end of games. He doesn't really understand how to run out the clock, it appears. I mean, this is something that pops up over and over again. And to me, Shanahan is fool's gold incarnate. He is a guy who is every bit the genius offensive mind that people make him out to be from a schematics perspective. But I just don't think he is the elite head coach that he has been made out to be, despite having a lot of success there and despite largely producing when he's had a healthy roster. But for me, his conservative play calls, his general 
propensity to do weird shit with his roster at any given moment, to cut guys, to bench guys before the game. It's all very strange to me in a way that I don't want to be betting on the Niners all that often. Listen, they're they're in my top seven or eight teams here, so I have to point out the fact that they're better than a lot of these other NFC teams, but still, I don't want to be banking on Shanahan this year. Number six, Todd Bowles, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Tom Brady, Todd Bowles, first year as head coach of the Bucs. He replaces Bruce Arians, who has retired. Why are the Tampa Bay Bucs here? I actually would like the Bucs a lot less if they didn't have Tom Brady. But I said quarterback was a big part of this, right? And to me, I think Brady is the second most reliable quarterback in this conference at this point, if not the first. He's certainly up there, right? Because to me, Brady is really going to be a problem for teams this year. And even if he is half dead, if if he is a 46-year-old or whatever he is, and, and he turns into a pumpkin this year, I firmly believe that Tampa will be a fun team to bet on because just the way they play defensively, the way those Jets teams for Todd Bowles play defensively, this is going to be a team that plays extremely hard. They're going to be getting after it every week. There's going to be no weeks off. And Tom Brady is Tom Brady. I trust him. So even though this may be a team that because of Tom Brady tends to get weird lines or lines are inflated either a point or half a point more than they otherwise might be. I think that Tampa is going to be a pretty safe team to bet on this year, just because of what I said before in terms of playing hard for a head coach and and having that quarterback stability. Now, the final group we're going to talk about here is the teams that I'm actually excited to bet on this year. Let's start here with the New Orleans Saints. Sounds a little weird, right? Because Sean Payton's gone. Jameis Winston is back. Jameis Winston, last time we saw him start a full season, threw 30 interceptions. So why am I excited to bet on this team? Very simple. Jameis Winston is a fun player to bet on. Betting on Jameis Winston is electric. It's like one of those roller coasters. It's up, it's down. It's emotionally draining, no doubt about it. But it is as fun as it gets when it comes to betting on football. His whole career has been like this. In college, I used to think he was throwing games because he would play like such an idiot in the first half. And he would almost always cover in the second half. The guy is an electric factory when it comes to football gambling. Despite his very many inefficiencies as perhaps a winning quarterback, he is without a doubt one of the funnest quarterbacks to bet on in football. So that's why the Saints are at my number six. Number five, I have the Minnesota Vikings. Why do I have the Vikings at number five? Coach Kevin O'Connell, first year head coach, he's going to use Justin Jefferson in a ton of ways, a lot of fun ways. He's going to put him in the slot. He's going to do all sorts of weird stuff with him, like the Rams were doing with Cooper Cup. And Justin Jefferson, to me, is a stratospheric talent. He is the kind of guy you tune in on Sundays to see play football. This is a guy who I think has all the opportunity in the world to put up a freakishly amazing wide receiver season this year. All the pieces are there to me. And the worst case scenario for this team is Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins. And, and he is still that milk toast missionary quarterback that has largely uh, dulled people to death over the last several years. Next up, number four, an uncommon name I, I would expect here, the Detroit Lions. Why are the Lions my number four team that I'm most excited to bet on? The reason is simple. Dan Campbell is biting people's kneecaps. He is a mad lad and everyone on that roster plays incredibly hard for him. The thing about the Lions is I don't trust their quarterback very much at all. And that's Jared Goff. Jared Goff, for all my distrust of him over the last several years, I've been very critical of him. I have to give credit where credit's due, though. Over the second half of last year, he was putting up better stats than Kyler Murray, who is everyone's darling. He's a guy who's going to get paid about $400 million this year by the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, And 
Jared Goff was better than him over the second half of last year when Dan Campbell took over play calling. And it wasn't just flukish. If you watch the game tape, Jared Goff really improved in his processing. He's a guy who actually got better. He was traded. He was thrown away by the Rams, the Super Bowl champions. And this was a guy who took it in stride and got better. Next up, number three. This also feels a little weird. The Philadelphia Eagles with Nick Sirianni. And Nick Sirianni, I have you here because I loved your ability to adjust last year. This was a team that was trying to throw the ball early in the season. And you know what? They couldn't do it. They could not throw the ball. So they realized they had an advantageous situation with Jalen Hurts, a quarterback, and with their offensive line, a lot of good running backs they were mixing in there with Kenneth Gainwell and Miles Sanders. And they were able to manufacture the best running offense in the league, the best rushing offense in the league. So I really appreciate that. I think that this Eagles roster is low-key one of the better rosters in the entire NFL, despite their obvious lack of a quarterback option in Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts has a lot of deficiencies, but I think he's a great leader. I think he has some potential to get better. I'm not convinced he's a starting quarterback in the NFL, but I think this roster is so good. They're going to be a fun team to bet on regardless, even if Jalen Hurts is throwing you out of games and doing incredibly dumb things. Number two, now we're, we're in the real good team territory here. The Green Bay Packers, coached by Matt LaFleur. Aaron Rodgers is back after a lot of navel-gazing and being a drama queen. He is back in Green Bay, and they are, I think they're probably one of the more complete rosters in the league as well. They have Aaron Rodgers. They lost uh, Devontae Adams. They lost a a few defensive pieces, but this is a team that I'm just trusting the system here. LaFleur, I was a little critical of him when he first came in, but the guy just wins games. And Rodgers has looked incredibly comfortable in that offense over the last two years. To me, this is just don't overthink it. I think the Packers are always going to be a highly bet on team because they are the Green Bay Packers, one of the preeminent brands in the league. But to me, I really believe in what LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers are putting together in Green Bay and think it will be a successful formula for that team winning games this year. Finally, my number one most bettable team this year in the NFC is the Los Angeles Rams. Super Bowl champion, Los Angeles Rams, for that matter. Matthew Stafford is back. Sean McVay is back. They brought the band back together. Aaron Donald is not officially back yet, but we think he's going to be back. Jalen Ramsey's back. They, they brought in Allen Robinson uh, at receiver. They don't really have draft picks, but you know what? They, they get a lot of free agents. They, they lost Von Miller. But to me, this team is always one of the funnest teams to watch. We get to see Matt Stafford in his second year in a system where he really started to excel by the end of the year. This, this is a guy who threw 40 touchdowns last year. He was really thriving by season's end. And now, second year in the system, Stafford can maybe limit some of those problematic throws that we've seen from him, especially early in the year, some of those ugly interceptions. And I just think Allen Robinson is going to really thrive in this system. He's going to be an outside receiver who's really going to help them move the ball. I think Van Jefferson's going to take another step, and they're going to be a fun team to watch on both offense and defense. They've been fun on defense the last two or three years, extremely fun. And now that offensive talent with, with Stafford there, it's hard not to love watching them. It's hard not to trust in Stafford at this point. He's a Super Bowl winning quarterback who wants to pad that legacy and get his uh, his passport stamp for Ohio for, for the Hall of Fame. He wants another Super Bowl. I think they're going to be kicking ass and taking names this year. So that concludes my NFL bettability rankings for the upcoming 2022 NFL season. Thanks as always for listening. This has been the Vegas Odds Football Show. I will be back next week. And until then, I'll talk to you guys soon. Bye now.